Would you rather be like Eeyore, who just mopes around and complains about all the reasons why you shouldn't ask for a raise? Like, they probably won't give it to you. There probably isn't budget. Or would you rather be like Tigger, who's fully convinced to his bones that he's going to get a raise and has a specific number in mind and even knows what he's going to do with all that extra money? It's Julie, and welcome to the Corporate Yogi Podcast. So how is this new year treating you? Are you implementing your beliefs, your habits, your behaviors that bring you joy? I hope so. Today, I want to talk about an important tool that you can use that will help you to fast track your success as a leader. It's called situational blueprinting. And it helps us to prepare in advance to deal with something by deciding how we're going to respond, either physically or emotionally. You see, many people prepare in advance for the future by worrying about it, specifically worrying about all the things that could go wrong. Now, I have to confess, I used to do this. I'd say my 20s were dedicated to being a worry-aholic. I truly thought that worrying gave me some sort of sense of control, right? Because whatever happened, whatever permutation or scenario happened, however wrong things went, I was prepared for it. I could think about all the different things and then worry in advance for each of them, right? Amply. But this commitment to this as a life strategy... It didn't serve me well. And so it's embarrassing to admit, but it's true. I definitely spent my time worrying. However, I have come to realize the error of my ways, and I no longer invest in worrying as a strategy. In fact, I now believe that worrying is like praying for things you don't want to happen. Again, worrying is like praying for the things you don't want to happen. And it's so true, isn't it? Especially if you understand the law of attraction. You know that what you focus on expands. So it logically follows that if you spend 90% of your time worrying about what could go wrong, then you are creating new problems for yourself. You are manifesting things to worry about. So I have a new strategy now. I create a situational blueprint for how I want things to go. And trust me, it's a much better and more fun, efficient use of your time. And to be honest, it just feels better. Think about it. Would you prefer to be like Eeyore who just, you know, mopes around and complains about all the reasons why you shouldn't ask for a raise? You know, they won't give it to you likely. There probably isn't money in the budget. They said no last time. Your boss probably doesn't even like you that much. Or would you rather be like Tigger, who's fully convinced down to his bones and he knows he's going to get a raise and he has a specific number in mind and he's visualized what that's going to feel like and he's planned out his budget to write down to the dollar of what he's going to do with all that extra money. Our mindset is everything, everything. And if we don't believe that something can happen, then how can we really create this and bring it into our reality? So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First off, I'm going to explain what a situational blueprint is. 
In the second segment, I'm going to share a few scenarios of where you might use one. And then in the third segment, I'll explain how it specifically benefits you. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? I wanted to talk about situational blueprinting today because it was something that came up recently in a client session, and I had a massive aha and very humbling moment. You see, this client was going through her 2021 reflection, and she was listing out some of her highlights for the year and the things that were really, really memorable for her. And she listed off her top thing as the situational blueprinting that we did in one session a really long time ago. And it was something that we did for her personal life. It wasn't even like a leadership work-related thing. This situational blueprint that we created for her was the most memorable. It was her highlight of the year. And my mind was blown. I was self-managing like crazy as she was reflecting and telling me this because it reminds me of how powerful this tool was. Yet, in my mind, you know, as a coach, we sometimes get really rigidly attached to wanting our clients to have these epic breakthrough moments, you know, where the skies part and all this like angelic moment music happens. But here was something small and something so simple that had a huge shift on her life. And the other reason why I was really surprised and really self-managing is that we had had so many other really important breakthrough moments in the year. Things that happened with her team. She had some really tough terminations that she had to make. She also had to navigate a lot of really challenging situations with her boss. And we went through, we did her life design over a series of sessions. We did her personal brand. We did her belief design. And this ego part of me, this coaching part of me, wanted one of those epic exercises that we did, one of those fancy tools to be her top thing that was a game changer, but it wasn't. And in her words, it was the situational blueprinting that we did that was completely unplanned. It was just a fluke, but it's a great reminder for me as a coach to never get attached to the results of my clients, right? I have zero control over what's going to have the biggest impact on them. I'm just here to support them no matter what they need. They lean in and I lean in to meet them. That's what my role was. So it was a great reminder for me of how powerful this tool really is and what exactly it can do for you. And that's what we're going to go through today. So let's start with the definition of what is a situational blueprint. So it is when we create a plan for an event, a challenge, or a change, and we decide in advance how we're going to react when it happens. It helps us to prepare for the future by having a clear idea of what we are going to do and what we aren't going to do. So situational blueprinting can be for something in the short term, like that might happen in your current role, or it could be something in the long term, like your long-term 10-year career plan. And just like my client, it can be used in your personal life for personal milestones or relationship building as much as it can be used in the workplace. 
So a situational blueprint gives you confidence. It gives you clarity and it helps you to save time and energy. It's about putting that stake in the ground and saying, I have a vision. I have a dream of what I am going to commit to making happen. It takes optional out of the equation. It makes it a reality. It says, this is going to happen. And when it does, this is how I'm going to deal with it. In a way, our core values, our five core values that we set each year can be thought of as a situational blueprint. If we have a core value of progress or success or something really related to our career, and that is the most important thing for us, then if we're faced with the opportunity to, I don't know, say, take a month off and go travel in Europe with friends, we would likely say, "Mm, no, thanks, not right now. That doesn't align with my top value of progress. But if your number one core value was adventure, you would likely say yes to that opportunity and you would take that trip. Our core values are like guiding North Stars that help us to make decisions. So if you said no to the trip, it doesn't mean that you don't like to travel. It simply means that taking that trip right now isn't the right decision for you. So if you can name off your five core values, then you've essentially already created your first situational blueprint, right? Because these are the things that you want to prioritize in life. Well done. See, you're an expert at this tool already. Now let's talk about a few examples of different situational blueprints that you can create. Let's start with the example of getting a pay raise or a big bonus that I talked about earlier. This is an important one because I see a lot of people work so hard to get that bonus or get that raise But then when they get the money, they mismanage it or they misunderstand how much of an impact that pay raise is actually going to make in their take-home pay. So there's something that happens, you've likely heard of it, called lifestyle creep. It happens when our costs and our expenses increase relative to the amount of increased money that we're making. And then as a result we actually don't have any extra money left over in our hot little hands, even though we've just received this huge raise or bonus. So for example, we might have uh, ourselves enjoying more dinners outside or more takeout. We might buy a second vacation home, buy a more expensive car, have an increased um, expense account, whatever that is, our expenses up level relative to the money that we make. For this reason, I always encourage people to decide in advance what they're going to do with the extra money. Maybe after years of dealing with debt, you're in the mood for a little lifestyle creep and you want to have nicer things. I get it. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure that you're doing it consciously and know how much you have and where it's going to be going. It really depends on what your life stage is. I know for me, travel and adventure was really high on my list, especially in my 30s. And I can say pretty much my entire 30s were dedicated to travel and adventure. And if that's your priority, then go for it. I'm not here to dictate one decision over another. I simply want you to consciously make the decision in advance 
rather than have you bury your head in the sand and then six months down the road wonder, where did all that extra money go, right? All right, so creating a situational blueprint, it's more than planning because, you know, if you have a financial planner in your life or someone who helps you manage your money, they're probably going to prompt you to do this, to sit down and make that plan. But it's so much more because you're deciding in advance not only what you're going to do with the money, but how you're going to handle it when a new opportunity comes in. When someone says, hey, I'd really love you to invest in you know, this new business opportunity that I have, or I think this is a great investment strategy for you. You decide not only what you're going to do with the money, but how you're going to handle those requests when they come in. Okay. Scenario number two, you create a situational blueprint on how to deal with an underperformer or a mediocre employee. Based on last week's episode, you now know all about this topic and you understand how important it is to take action. Because when you don't take action, you risk losing your high performers. Now, this scenario is something that all leaders will have to face at some point in their career. It's not easy. It is simply inevitable. And I recently heard of an interesting study that was done on senior executives nearing the end of their career. And as they reflected back on everything that they'd done, they were asked this one simple question. What would you have done differently? And do you know what the top thing they said? They said they all wished that they had dealt with underperformers more quickly. Seriously, they all got around to handling it, to dealing with the person, but their top regret was that they wished that they had dealt with it faster, right? So there's always major resistance that we feel when we're dealing with underperformers. I get it. It's not something fun. And I think it has to do with us really questioning our own abilities. That's the mindset that we need to dig around into. But you need to accept the sunk costs, cut your losses, and move forward. Because in reality, the only thing worse than having an underperformer on your team is not dealing with the underperformer on your team. Okay, so those are the two scenarios I wanted to go. Here's a few other scenarios I'll toss your way where you can create a situational blueprint. One, being offered a promotion or a new role that you actually don't really want. How will you handle that? Two, growing out your team or becoming a second tier leader, a leader of leaders. How are you going to handle that? What kind of leader are you going to be? Three, making partner in your firm. This is a common one I see. Let's say you have a two-year plan and you get passed over yet again at the end of that two years. And you're met with some really mediocre excuses about why you won't get promoted. Are you going to tolerate it and let it slide? Or will you make the decision to go to another firm or start somewhere else? Or will you have a series of candid conversations and find out what really happened? These are all tough scenarios, but trust me, it's tough when you make a two-year promise and you get dragged out for more than six years and you're still waiting for that promise to come to fruition, right? So we have to decide in advance what we're going to tolerate and how long we're going to tolerate it. So a situational blueprint here is about making a commitment 
to yourself of how you will respond and what you will tolerate. It's a commitment from you to you. So now that you have a good understanding of the different scenarios where you could actually create a situational blueprint, you might be wondering, Julie, but what does it actually look like? Like, how do I do this? Am I dreaming it up? Am I sharing it with someone? Okay, so let's walk through in practice just exactly what it looks like to create a situational blueprint. You need some sort of accountability to make it real. So I suggest capturing it in a document, sharing it either with your coach, your mentor, a colleague, or a partner or friend. So in practice, this is what it might look like. Let's say you are ready to step into a new role as a people manager, and you've never managed people before. So it might look like this. You write out a document of the new behaviors that you're going to step into. I commit to prioritizing consistent one-on-one meetings with my team and not canceling them just because things get busy. Two, I will be fully transparent with this amazing team and I will share as much information as I possibly can, including real-time feedback about positive and negative performance. Three, when I make a colossal F up, because let's face it, we always do, In this new leadership role, I will not try to sweep my mistakes under the rug. I will admit to my mistakes openly and quickly, and I know that I'm teaching this team a lesson about how to show up. I promise to be vulnerable with my team and let them know if I'm overwhelmed or if I don't have the answer. If someone makes an accusation or questions the ability of one of my team members in a meeting, I will pause and take it up with my team member directly and not throw them under the bus. I promise to give away all my Legos and not be a control freak in this new role. I commit to investing in my own personal development and also in the development of my own team. I commit to holding regular either quarterly or annual team development sessions and commit to building relationships on the team. So that's an example of some of the commitments that you could make in your situational blueprint and some of the things that you might want to include. It's a very personal thing. There isn't one boilerplate of commitments that you can make. This example I just shared was like making a pledge or a list of commitments. You can also do it in the format of a stop, start, continue. So what are you going to start doing? What are you going to stop doing? And what are you going to continue doing? So either format is okay. It's completely up to you. One place to look, though, is with this specific example, if you have always struggled with certain aspects of leaders that you've had in the past, and you've always said to yourself, you know, someday when I become a leader, I'm going to do things differently. Well, this is your chance. That spotlight is shining on you. You are on the stage. This is your chance to do things differently. Make these commitments now in front of taking in that role because then when those situations come up, you've already decided how you're going to handle them. So the contents of your situational blueprint are personal. They should be very, very uh, specific to you and what you believe in, who you are and what you stand for. And then once we've written it out, most important step is that you need to share it with someone, speak it out loud so that they can help you to stay accountable to it in the future. 
All right, now that you know what a situational blueprint is, how to create one, I want to share a few reasons why you would want to create one. I've got three reasons for you here today. Number one, it will serve to mentally prepare you for what you are stepping into. Because with many big changes that we make in life, there's always a requisite mindset shift that needs to happen with that change. And as humans, we typically focus on ticking off the logistical action items that need to happen. We don't always think of the mindset shift. That's what your coach is for. Your coach is there in your corner to remind you, who are you going to be? What are you stepping into? What's going to be different now? So as an example, if you're making the move from IC to people manager, this is a big deal. And so you have to treat it as such. You have to think about what you're letting go of, what you're stepping into, and who are you going to be now? The second reason is it helps you to attract what you want at the metaphysical level. So remember earlier we talked about worrying and how worrying is like praying for the things you don't want to happen. Well, a situational blueprint is running interference on that worry. It's redirecting your energy into conscious creation. When you're focused on your situational blueprint, you don't have time or energy to worry, right? So top performers and elite athletes, they know this and they've been using this as a technique for years. I remember years ago seeing videos of Michael Jordan talking about how his regime included not only the physical training, the conditioning, you know, the diet, but also his mental conditioning, his actual time spent visualizing his success during a game. Mindset is everything. And the last reason that it helps is that it helps to boost your confidence. There's something powerful that happens when you share your bold vision or your dream and you say it out loud to someone else. When you speak it out loud, it takes a tremendous amount of courage. And whenever we show up and we're courageous, the universe always rewards that bravery, right? It rushes in to support you, to reward you for your courage. Because when we keep something secret to ourselves, that idea just weighs us down. We have the self-doubt. We have the questioning. Our saboteurs chirp with all kinds of reasons why we can't do it and things that might go wrong. They're the ones in that driver's seat of the worry machine, right? They're there to tell you all the reasons why you can't do it. But when you say it out loud, you're making this declaration that you really do want it and you know that you're ready for it. And most importantly of all, you believe that you deserve it. All right, let's recap those three reasons why we want to create a situational blueprint. One, it helps us mentally prepared for what we're stepping into. Two, it helps us attract at the metaphysical level. And three, it helps to boost our confidence. Now, I want to share a bonus application of situational blueprinting. Up until now, we've talked about how you can create one for yourself and how that will help you with your future scenarios. But another great way to use a situational blueprint is in relationship with another person through your relationship design, right? Maybe you're creating a relationship design with an employee or colleague. 
in my relationship design agreement that I give out to clients, I always have an entire section dedicated to scenarios that you can design for upfront. So here's a few questions that I've taken from that for you. One, what happens when you're bored or unchallenged at work? How are you going to handle that? Two, what if you get a call from a competitor or a headhunter with a new job offer? How are you going to handle it? Three, what if one of us falls short on a promise that we made to each other or doesn't keep their word? How will we handle that? And lastly, what if you're consistently overwhelmed by too much work on your plate and you're worried you might fall short on a deadline or a deliverable? So these are a few of the situational blueprint questions that you can discuss with a colleague, with your leader, with your direct report, and you can decide in advance how you're going to handle them when they show up. Okay, it's time to wrap up this episode on situational blueprinting. So let's recap what you're taking away and what you just learned in this episode. First, you learned that a situational blueprint is when you create a plan for an event, a challenge, or change, and decide in advance how you want to react when it happens. You learn that worrying is a total waste of time, gives you a false sense of control, and worrying is like praying for the things you don't want to happen. There's many different scenarios that you can use a situational blueprint in. Could be work, could be personal, really any area or aspect of your life. It can be done for you alone, or it can be done in relationship with someone else. You have to make it real by writing it down and then sharing it out loud with someone else. And lastly, the advantages of creating a situational blueprint are that you mentally prepare for what you're stepping into, you help to attract at the metaphysical level, and you boost your confidence. Okay, thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love you to share it with a friend, with a colleague, or on your social media, or rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you listen. I look forward to seeing you again next Tuesday for another great episode. And remember that any fear, any resistance that you hold deep inside of you, it is simply just your greatness in disguise.